for Cybercrime Radio, I'm Scott Schober. Joining me today is Danny Venn, a contestant on MasterChef Australia Season 3 and 12. Danny was a cybercrime victim who was targeted by hackers during the sale of her family home. Hey, Danny, welcome to the show. Hi, Scott. Thanks for having me. Great to have a little conversation with you here. You know, I think this is the first time I've had the privilege of interviewing a master chef. So I, I certainly feel honored at this end. Give us a little background. First of all, what is a master chef of Australia? I know it's obviously a show, I guess it's a reality show or TV show there that's very popular because I've even heard about it. Sounds cool. Look, it's a shame that we're doing the podcast virtually because I couldn't bring you any snacks. I always love to start oh. <laughs> any chat with a snack, of course. But MasterChef is a really popular show in Australia. It's a franchise that is showed throughout the world and there's different versions in different countries. But I'd like to say that Australia is the best. We are very popular and the series actually gets shown in places like America, the UK and India. And I've been very fortunate to be part of the MasterChef family for so long now. So basically, I'm just like a former contestant, have been on the series quite a few times now. I'm a bit of a MasterChef tragic. But it's all about celebrating food and really just creativity. And that's what I love about food. Now, let's uh, shift slightly over to the world of cybersecurity. Now, obviously, you've gotten some notoriety being on MasterChef and all the things that you do. And it looks like you were targeted. Tell us a little bit about maybe some of the story there and what ultimately happened when you were targeted and hacked with regards to your home. Yeah, I mean, it was quite a few years ago now. So forgive me, my memory is a little bit rusty. It was quite a traumatic time. So I don't think about it that often, but it was front page news at the time. When you say targeted, I don't know if I was specifically targeted. I think it was actually just by chance that this happened to me. But at the same time, I'm kind of like a big believer in like the universe and things happening sometimes for a reason. In some ways, I think it happened to me so that I was able to stop it happening from other people because I did have a platform and was able to speak out against what was happening because it was really, really terrible. So basically what happened was we were selling our first home and buying a second home in what's called a back-to-back -back sale. And the money from the sale of our first home was going via an online platform to the new owners of the home that we were buying. We never saw the money. It was never in our bank account. It was in a trust or, you know, a, a holding account that was through our conveyancer. And that money gets transferred digitally, obviously, from a conveyancer to another conveyancer's account. Unfortunately, what happened was the software platform that our conveyancer was using was intercepted by a hacker. So that was unbeknownst to us, unbeknownst to the conveyancer, obviously, at the time as well. And that was what caused the hack because the software was intercepted. And it was not a small amount of money. This was in the neighborhood of a, about a quarter million dollars, if I understood right. Yeah, that's right. So it was a significant amount of money, pretty much all of our money that we had ever worked for in our whole life that was invested into our house. Obviously, our house was sold. That money was the leftover remains to be able to afford to buy a new house. And so it was pretty tragic and pretty just such a full-on experience, I guess, when your money is taken from underneath you without any control. Like we didn't have any control over anything because you trust in the system that the government was telling us we had to use, which was this digital online platform, which at the time in Australia, this platform, this software platform was actually going to become compulsory for everyone to use. So you couldn't buy or sell a house unless you use this software platform. And basically 
what we were trying to fight for and show was that this platform and the way that the security was built around it was not ready for it to be the only platform available and that everyone would have to use because it wasn't safe. Yeah, it was not safe. So in a sense, it was really between these two conveyancers that the hack happened. It was targeting, I guess, your conveyancer that held the money. The money came out of your bank account at some point, and it was in their account that it was actually hacked. And if I understood right. So basically, it was like a really basic phishing scam. So I'm pretty sure you and all your listeners would know more than me about cybersecurity. But for me, it was a little bit more eye-opening at the time because I wasn't across what you could do. So basically, it was a really simple scam or hack. The hacker intercepted our conveyances email system. They were able to intercept the forgot password type email that you would get if you were trying to log into a, a software platform. And then they were able to go into the platform. At that time, I don't think there was even a strong enough like two-factor authentication. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Did you have that set or did they have it set? Apparently not. It blows my mind now because it's like, I don't think it was even something that the software had like made people use. So basically they were able to get, get into the software, create another user, which was sitting in the background and watching all these transactions go in and out of this conveyances account. So lots of probably other transactions. And then for some reason, our transaction, they were able to change the bank account details of where that money was going. So obviously the conveyancer was supposed to double check what bank account was inputted in the back of the system. But I guess like you trust in the software to not be able to be hacked. So he didn't realize that his login had been hacked. And so therefore they were able to just, when he pressed send, the money went to somebody else's bank account, not the... Um, not the intended conveyancer. Exactly. Yes. I'm trying to think here and trying to relate back because a number of years ago, my company was targeted and hacked. And we had about, at the time, it was $65,000 stolen out of our checking account. And at least here in the United States, what a pain. It became a federal investigation, getting in law enforcement, the banks involved, letters, phone calls, emails, it dragged on and on. Eventually, I got all the money back. And there were also credit cards and debit cards. It was more of a target attack against myself and my company. But I learned a ton of things in the process of it. And through that, I faced certainly kind of an emotional roller coaster. And I'm curious, Danny, what what did you feel like? What did your family feel like when you're here you are trying to sell your house and you mentioned you're trying to buy a new house? What was going through your mind when you realized, oh no, our account is been hacked and two hundred fifty thousand dollars poof is gone. Yeah, I do remember that moment actually. It was disbelief. My first instinct, and I think this is what happens in a situation where you're faced with like such a full-on prospect that you might lose everything, is fight or flight. And my instinct was to fight. So I did everything I could to research the companies that we were using, the software platform that we were using. And then I started to find out that this wasn't just me. Like I find, started to find out there were people fighting against this software platform that didn't think that it was right that we should be using it because the security at the time wasn't up to scratch. So I found out all this stuff and then thankfully because I had a media background, I was able to use my contacts to raise this in the news. I honestly don't think that if I hadn't done that, that we would have got our money back, which we eventually did. But I will tell you that story. 
But yeah, it was really traumatic. My family at the time, I had a baby that was only four or five months old. So, you know, I was breastfeeding. I was like a new mom. I was very, very fragile and sleep deprived. So to have that on top of like trying to move house and then try and fight for our money, it was really full on. We actually, for a period of time, didn't have anywhere to go because we actually had to move out of our house and we couldn't move into our new house. So then we had to move in with my parents for a short time as well. We were all just crammed in the house and it was very much a traumatic time. That is certainly an emotional roller coaster. And I think at that time you had two children, if I understood right? Yeah. Yep. It's just, I just, I actually felt like I, you know, should have been a lawyer or something after this because I was tracking down people. I was calling people. I was researching and I was doing everything I could to bring attention to this because if it could happen to me, it could literally happen to any Australian person using that platform. So I was very passionate that, you know, this can't happen. So it almost kind of gave you a sense of empowerment to help other people. You became a kind of a voice and used your, I guess you could say, media influence and star power a little bit, let's say, because people know who you are to get the voice out there and make the phone calls and the questions to get things done. And, and you did say successfully, which I'm happy to hear is one of my questions. Did you get your money back? And that's what I think a lot of our listeners are very curious. Did you get your money back? And how did that happen? Was it just dumb luck, your perseverance? What led to that? So definitely through fighting the software platform and sadly at the time also the bank. So basically what happened was no one wanted to take responsibility for this hack. The software platform said, well, that's not our fault. That's the conveyance's fault. The conveyancer was like, well, that's not my fault. It's the software's fault. And then also because it was hacked through the a bank as well, the bank was like, well, that's not our fault. That's the software's fault. So everyone was kind of blaming each other. And then we were just in the middle of it going, cool, well, we've just lost everything. It's someone's fault. It's definitely not our fault because we trusted everybody else to be able to transact this money for us. So it was definitely a case of going to the top with the software platform, going to the CEO level, and definitely with the bank going very high up. It ended up being quite a PR crisis for these companies because we were on, uh, I don't know what the equivalent is in America, but it's called a current affair in Australia. So we were the top story two nights in a row because people were following this story. We, you know, it was on the front page of one of the major newspapers. I was being interviewed on radio and various other platforms. So during this time, I guess our story was able to be told and people did recognize that it wasn't fair. Like it wasn't fair what was happening to us. It was quite scary because this company was about to be floated on the stock exchange. It was going to be compulsory. Everyone was going to have to use it if you were buying and selling a house. So it wasn't just a story that was affecting me. It was affecting a lot of other people. So we did get our money back, but we had to fight very hard. And it was, yeah, it was... It was obviously a relief when the banks did say that they were going to reimburse us and the software platform said that they would reimburse us. I can't remember the details 100%, but it was just, there was that relief that they were going to give us back our money, but not through lack of trying to blackmail us first as well, which was interesting. You went through a lot of things and, and I'm just trying to think as a mom, a wife, young kids. I think you've been through a, a fair amount of stuff. So hopefully, have you had any problems since this finally settled down <laughs> with regards to hacking, I should say? Um, yeah, I was going to say, mate, so many. <laughs> but 
we didn't go, we had, we had to go through COVID after that. Oh boy. Honestly, I ended up being able to speak out about this type of thing. So that was really good. Bringing like highlighting cybersecurity issues. I found out a lot more about this industry, I guess, and ways that you can prevent cyber crime, which, you know, I, I ended up working at one point with the VPN company and things like that. So it was quite interesting the after like the aftermath of something like that. And I guess cybersecurity has only just become more and more important. I mean, you see it every single day in the news now with data breaches and people losing their money and scams. And I feel like every day, without even probably knowing it, we all get try we all attempt to be scammed or hacked in some way. Like you get like a an email that's suspicious or you know, a text message even, or in Australia, we get phone calls now, people trying to hack you and scam you. So it's just becoming more and more prevalent. So it's more and more important for people to be able to try and protect themselves and their their hard-earned money. And yeah, I think it's just an issue that's not going to go away, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Well, I'm glad to hear there was a positive ending to this because it could have been a tragedy if you didn't get the money back for you and your family. I just really appreciate the time you took with us today, Danny. Thank you. I should also say just quickly as well, one of the other things that happened, and this is why I'm like, I scratch my memory and I'm like, and this happened and this happened. But yeah, after this happened and, and it was resolved, the company that was the software platform actually invited us into their head office and we met with their security team and they actually changed their security and they showed us how they were changing it. And they admitted that they were in the wrong and that it wasn't safe enough and that they were taking steps. And I'm sure between now and then they've taken even more steps constantly. But it was good to see how a company that is such a large company did take immediate action from what happened. So, yeah, that was good. It always makes you feel better, I think, especially to our listeners to see that the, even though somebody's tragedy, it can turn into something good. Thank you again there, Danny. Really appreciate that. For Cybercrime Radio, I am Scott Schober, and joining me today was Danny Van, a contestant on MasterChef Australia, season three and 12. She was also a cybercrime victim that had $250,000 taken by hackers during the sale of her family home. <laughs>